What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 373rd? Is that right? I have no idea. My you, whole list is off. You're in charge here. I, Keep track. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm going to say that that is correct. 373 is correct, according to my own website. Ah, <laughs> uh, this is the... <laughs> Third, third, third hundredth and seventy hundredth and the twenty hundredth of the Stop. Pokemon podcast. It's super effective. I'm your host, SBJ. With me today is Will. I feel very much... Greg will understand this. Steve will I, not yeah. understand this. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know the Flaming Lips song, Every, Suddenly Everything Has Changed? Yes. Also covered by um, that other group. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's how my life feels right now. <laughs> suddenly yeah it's just like the the last time we recorded steve had never been to my house well Uh check that off the list irene had never been to my house and cried in my house check that off the list um (laughs) i wasn't planning on moving to minnesota well (laughs) check that off the list guess what surprise i would like next time we record i'll be in minnesota i don't know (laughs) well i mean that's awful quick Greg is also here. I am also here, <laughs> chatting away. <laughs> Hello, I already live in Minnesota. I don't have anything to cross off my bucket list. I but I, I don't think I I'm will make have the a pack to year. park off. No, you won't. But okay, look look at how sweet this is. So next year we can drive to Gen Con, one car, perfect. Heck yeah, and you I've can got go that with me hybrid. to the state fair. Yep. Yeah. You'll be here for Christmas, so you get to deal with me during Christmas, which is oh, very exciting. So I won't see you for the yeah. month of December. People avoid me. But we can play Sword and Shield together. We can have yeah. Sword and Shield parties. We're going to have a Sword and Shield release party at Will's house. Yeah. At um, whose house? At my house. Oh, yes. Because it'll be like, oh, my place is going to be Party Central. Don't you it worry. It is. It will be. I've seen it. Well, I've seen a potential one. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen my place. I haven't seen my place. Yeah. But here's the deal. You know I hate Christmas. I know. But my mom is coming for Christmas. Ooh. And my mom loves Christmas. Uh, so yeah. you and my mom can Christmas it up together, and it's I will have done my duties. August, and we have a million things to talk about, and you guys are talking about Christmas. <laughs> Look. Look. <laughs> we can't talk about Halloween, because that would be an even longer conversation. Like, we can't talk about gay Christmas, so we're going to talk about real Christmas for a little bit, and then we'll move on. This but, is the quality content. But even, like, what's worse than that is, like, understand this, Steve. When you're in your 40s... Right for us, Christmas is tomorrow. <laughs> Correct. It's like it's not that far off. It's you, like oh, what? time how is did, moving much slower for you than it is for us. How did it get to be twenty twenty five? Did Sword and Shield come out? <laughs> oh boy, we've already on the Lola remakes. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, we have a lot to talk about, including Sword and Shield. Will and I played it. I yeah. didn't. I'm bummed. We were at the Pokemon World Championships last weekend, which is why there was a email episode last weekend, which I heard people enjoyed. Hopefully they did. Yeah, everybody seemed to like it. Again, I'm going to put out there, if you want us, you know, to answer your questions, we do have a segment called Question of the Week, and any of those questions can go into Question of the Week. It's true. But at the World Tournament, 
We played Sword and Shield. I think Will played Pokemon Masters. I, I did play Pokemon Masters. Oh, uh, man! It was awful. <laughs> Wait, it was not sorry, awful. I gave my review too quickly. Yeah, yeah. I was like, geez. We gotta give the listeners something to look forward to later this episode. You Four days until the it's released, and I will give my full report. Yeah, it comes out I know later how to this play week. These games. There was some Pokemon news that we'll get to, and then there was a bunch of other news that happened in the last week and a half that we're gonna cover. So we're gonna try to get through all of this news. There's a lot. I think we can start uh, with some TCG news, though. Get that out of the way. All right. So the first bit of TCG news. Well, should we talk about the world stuff first? Yeah. Well, yeah, I heard there was drama. Scandal. Oh, FYI. FYI, well, I've downloaded Magic the Gathering Arena, so... Well, congrats. That's a game I can't play. Because they're going so off what the was end. the drama? I heard there was drama, and I looked up the drama, and I don't understand the drama, so I okay. need somebody to explain the TCG drama, because there was something about being a slow person? Yes. Or... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a slow person. <laughs> I... <laughs> I guess we're going to talk about this in parts because there's TCG news here with a new set coming out and a new set that just came out and then the finals of the match. I guess that we'll, we'll, we'll just talk about and get the TCG over with. It's very interesting even if you're not playing the, if, even if you're not into the trading card game, it's actually pretty interesting what happened here at the World Tournament. First bit though is Hidden Fates just came out this past Friday, I want to say. It is the latest expansion of the Pokemon trading card game called Hidden Fates. It introduces the first ever tag team trio card, which is Moltres, Zapdos, Articuno GX, as well as shiny cards such as Mewtwo GX and Charizard GX. Uh, This was the set that came out in Japan, uh, I want to say about a year ago, and this was when uh, the trademark Ultra Shiny was the thing and people thought that Sword and Shield were going to have extra, extra rare shiny Pokemon, but it was just a TCG thing. Do the shinies in TCG do anything, or are they just different colors like they are in the game? They're just different colors. Okay. Most of the time, though, uh, well, there's been a couple sets where they keep the Japanese name of them of Shining instead of Shiny. Oh, okay. Uh, So the last shiny set was... Shining Legends. Yeah. And so when Shining Legends came out, it was Shining Jirachi, Shining Genesect. Oh. Okay. These don't even say shiny. It just it just says Charizard GX and then the Charizard is shiny. Huh. So whatever the world the TCG is living in. <laughs> the important thing here to know, because people do get this is a mini set, so this set kinda it is both good and bad. Good is, if you like shiny Pokemon, boom, they got shiny Pokemon. They got your shiny Mewtwo's, your shiny Charizard's, your shiny uh, Swablu's. They they got a bunch of shinies. The problem Rowlet. is... Uh, yes, the whole Rowlet line is shiny. It's so cute. And the Ralph line is so cute. The problem is, a lot of these cards are reprints, but reprinted in the way of called alternative art, which is something Pokemon started like a year or two ago, where... Like, if a card gets reprinted, usually it's legal to play. But this is considered an alternative art, which means if the regular art rotated out of set, the alternative art also doesn't count. So, for example, 
Uh, you will see little A's or little B's in the lower left-hand corner of the card. If it's an A, it means that it's probably it's not legal anymore. And if it's a B, it means that it is legal. But the problem is you're buying a set where most of the good cards are most of the good shiny cards are not actually legal to play. Oh, yeah, that's that's not good. Why? They okay, recently oh, so- did that with, uh, they like, re- I don't know if you remember this well, they reprinted like a bunch of full art trainers and put it into a box, but like, it was the yep. time where N rotated out, so N was one of the trainer cards, and there was like this beautiful full art N card, but it was like, well, it's N's not legal anymore. But there you go, Hidden Fates is out. The weird thing is they're doing this staged release, so a lot of people cannot find Hidden Fates, it's for a good reason. So the only thing available right now is the Hidden Fates pin collection, which I think is two booster packs and a pin. Um, and then the second thing coming out is the tin, the Hidden Fates tin, which is September 6th. And then the good thing that everyone actually wants is the Hidden Fates Elite Trainer box. That's September 20th. So that's still like a month away. And then there's a Pokeball collection that comes out October 4th. And then there's an Ultra Premium collection that comes out November 15th. So this is the most weird, staggered release ever for a, not even a full set. Like, this is c- considered a mini set for us in America. Um, so if you're having trouble finding Hidden Fates, there you go. Elite Trainer Box, the thing that people actually care about September 20th. These are not being sold as individual booster packs. They're only going to be sold in one of those sets I just said. And the same thing happened with Shining Legends. Uh, Shining Legends, and the same thing ha- also happened with Drag... Dragon's Majesty, which was an also a mini set that came out last year. So there you go. Or maybe Dragons came out. Okay, what does mini set mean? It's just fewer cards or yeah. fewer cards, okay. yeah. Fewer cards and they don't do I can't think of a mini set where they did booster packs. They always do these boxes that you have to buy. Which is kind of annoying. Yeah, they're like weird boxes. They almost look like the pin set boxes, but it's like four packs, and maybe there's a special card that's not playable in the front of it that you can see, and then you get a pack, and it's like there's five cards in the pack rather than ten or whatever, so it's just all kinds of strangeness. But we also have to keep in mind that there are people who just collect the cards to collect the cards, not to play the TCG, so they don't care whether something is out of rotation or not. Also, like, get that. I get that. If Zorark, so Zorark GX is out of rotation right now. It just went out of rotation right before the World Tournament, but it's still playable and expanded. Um, it's just not True. playable and standard. So there is some... They're not completely valueless. And there's also the thing that... I think Pokemon still has this rule where if a card has the same name and text, if it's like then you can use an older one. So it's like in five years, they could bring back these cards. And then you could say, oh, I have the Shining Legends version of this card and I can play it because it's the same name and text as the previous card. Oh, that's wild. But yeah. that's also like <laughs> telling a guy that maybe you'll be interested in him in like a couple of months. <laughs> well, maybe. And then Look. he's like holding out hope and you're like, I'm never really going to date this dude, but whatever, I got him off my back for now. <laughs> Punch yeah. that down the road, apparently. <laughs> so uh, a good example of that is Ultra Ball. 
uh, or even double colorless. Those cards have been around forever, so you could use really, really old versions of those cards even today because as long as the card name was the same and the text was the same, um, it was completely legal. Ultra Ball and Double Colorless have both rotated out, but I would assume that in the future, you know, maybe in a year or even two or three years, those cards would come back. And so your, you know, your original base set Double Colorless, if you wanted to use it, you could, as long as they didn't change any of the text in any way. This is why I can't get into TCG. Like, rotating out things that I paid money for, that I can't use them, and then maybe we'll be able to use them again in, like, four years... You know, what if they applied that strategy to the video games where (laughs) they rotate out Pokemon that you can't use in Galar? But in a couple of years, you might be able to use your Gorbis. All right, I'm back. Now I'm mad again. All right, let's get into it. The secret, let me tell you the secret to trading card games, because obviously this is something that has deeply impacted my life. That eats your life, yes. The first thing that you need to master to understand love and become one with trading card games is you have to learn to hate money. Okay. Once you hate money and don't want it in your life and want to get rid of it as quickly as possible, as soon as it enters your hands, because it's like an allergy for you, then you will be like, let let me buy all these trading cards because I can get rid of my money so easily that way. (laughs) What if you do that, but it's with board games? They don't make enough board games fast enough. Oh, oh they contraire. do. It's called it's called Kickstarter. Believe me. Oh, the greatest no. thing in my life was never logging back into Kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's tough. It's it's tough out there. Some exciting news here. Uh, this was announced at the World Tournament. They announced new a new card. <laughs> Ooh. To piggyback off the TCG, there have been EXs before. EXs have gone away. They've come back. Then GXs got introduced. At one point, there was both EXs and GXs. There were Legend cards. There has been um, Mega Evolution. Um, Recently, they've released Tag Team cards. But the 2019 World Championships, Mr. Ishihara, the president of the Pokemon Company... Probably the person you should maybe blame for <laughs> any of for your all of it for, for all of it for all of your Pokemon complaints. He introduced a new kind of Pokemon card called Pokemon V, and revealed the newly discovered legendary Pokemon. We have uh, actual pronunciations on this: Zashian and Zamazenta. Uh, will be featured on two of these cards, although they did the very good thing of not showing you what energy those Pokemon need. So we're still unaware of the type. And then uh, Ishihara said there's a lot to discover about Pokemon V, also hinted that there's much more on the way for the TCG, so check back for Pokemon.com for new news and updates. So we don't actually know specifically what a V card does, but... Um, this is actually really good timing because uh, if you guys don't know who the Jaywitz is, his name is Josh. He's been on the show before. He's a Nintendo YouTuber, but does a lot, a lot of Pokemon stuff. He actually just did a YouTube video about power creep in Pokemon, which is how the cards have slowly gotten bigger and more HP and does more damage. And this is actually a really good example of what's happening. Um so a very long, so I'll just summarize it real quick. 
before we get to the specific card they showed off, this Pokemon V card. Back when Pokemon first came out, the highest amount of HP that existed was 120 HP, and that was between two different cards, Chansey and uh, Charizard. Hence why Charizard is one of the most, you know, most iconic cards of all time. The base set, 120 Charizard. And I think it's, you know, I think it's still worth like 25, 30 bucks. But if you have a first edition, I think it's, I think it's like a 200 bucks for first edition base set Charizard. Uh, anyways, it's, it's that 120 kind of sat around for a really long time. And with, with recent like GXs, it kind of bumped up to, well, here, let me back up real quick. In black and white, when me and Will first started playing the Pokemon trading card game together, that was when the at least the 120 base set was broken, and it was broken with Reshiram and Zekrom. Yup. So that was like a huge thing. All of, so think you know base set Chansey and Charizard, and then or just specifically Chansey because it doesn't evolve, and then go all the way to black and white. So how many years is that? That's like 15, 16. Uh, years in between Zekrom and Reshiram broke that with 130 HP we got Megas and we got GXs and we got tag teams and now if you look at what was announced last year which was um, Zekrom and Pikachu ZX or sorry ZX sorry GX you're looking at 270 HP and I think uh, the tag team of Wailord and Magikarp has the most HP in the game right now of 300 HP Still a garbage card. It's not great. Uh, <laughs> but the Z card, or sorry, the V card, this is very the V card that they showed had 330 HP. But we don't know what was on the card. We just know that it had 330 HP. So in a very short time, we we had a long time of never breaking that 120. And now in the last like five, six years, we're already approaching 330 which is very weird but they're 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 running with it don't they don't those higher hit point cards also reward you more prizes when you knock them out not necessarily yeah okay so there there was so the other thing that broke though so when the zekrom and reshram came out at 130 that was also when they introduced a waylord that had a Wailord GX, or yeah, shortly after there was a Wailord GX that had 200 HP, but you have to evolve Wailord from Whalmer, and it's a GX, and then they just straight up, like the next year released a, just a normal Wailord with 200 HP, that just was one prize. <laughs> Power creep is real in, in trading card games, it's just a, a fact of life at this point it's a really if you want like a more in-depth about how the power creep happened i'd recommend uh josh's video uh it's just go to youtube and type in the j wits it's really good it kind of breaks down all the cards but is the power creep bad like is it making the game longer or slower or is it just i don't think it's bad um i just it's just that once again it makes your older cards are less playable because you have Mm. to have the newer more powerful cards i mean that's with rotation that's going to happen 
anyways, right? Like, they're already going to rotate things out, so you have yeah, to keep up like, that way. It's like a pre-rotation. It's within a rotation. It kind of just hurts the meta, because you want... Generally... Oh, let me get into TCG World. Yeah, All right, sit back, it, pull up a chair, 90 minutes from now, we'll be done with Will's rant on this. Yay. In the TCG World, you want a balanced meta, right? You don't want less than, I would say, for a healthy meta in TCGs, four playable top-tier decks. Tier one is what we would like to call that. Because that gives, that's enough diversity because there's also going to be small variations within those top four decks for individual play style and stuff like that. But if you are below four top-tier decks, like right now, Cardfight Vanguard probably has like one top-tier deck, maybe two, because they just came out with a ban and restricted list going into effect September 20th. Listen to my other podcast for that information. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but um then then power creep hurts the meta right because it makes it so that you know this now we're going to have fewer top tier decks because you now have this one card that you have to have in your deck because it's obviously so much more powerful it's going to attract all of the players to build decks around it mm. and then there's not as much of an opportunity to have counter decks to that and you know in the pokemon format i think counter decks are very important because you want to have like you're going to have meta decks you're going to have anti meta decks right and then it's see how those balance out and play out um, but ultimately, it's like it is an impact on the fun of playing the game because all of a sudden it's a, a money chase to get the power creeped card that's better, more playable, more fun, etc. etc. So, that's the, like, that's the how, short many, version. how many decks, like, in this last TCG, we'll segue into worlds, like, how many decks were shown that were unique for like, how healthy <laughs> is, is Pokemon? That's such a weird question because they, they, they did a huge rotation the day before worlds, and usually the rotation oh. is the day after worlds. Uh, but, but, uh. but before we get to like the, the drama that happened in okay. the final yeah, match, yeah. the other thing to keep in mind is not only are the HP getting bigger, is you have to your your cards have to do a specific amount of damage to even be pretty relevant unless you have a gimmicky deck. So for example, when Darkrai GX and Mewtwo D- GX were very dominant, and again, Will and I were still playing, this was this was when they were moving into black and white too. This was like right before Plasma Freeze came out, where they were like, let's introduce like plasma Pokemon because we're gonna just folk double down on plasma for all of the black and white two cards. Um they both had 170 HP. So ideally, you wanted your cards to do at least 90 damage. Um, and not a lot of cards were doing more than 90 damage. Even when like Zekrom Reshiram first came out and they were doing, uh, they had 130 HP. The most damage a card could really do with, with very few exceptions was 120, which is kind of pointless. You don't need to do 120 because you're still, you still have to take two turns to knock that card out. But when like Mewtwo GX came out, it was 170 HP. So if your cards were doing 80 damage, you have to three-shot Mewtwo GX. So ideally, you want to do 90 damage. So then it changes the way of how you build a deck. Because if if you have a you you know if you really love Ninetales, but Ninetales is only doing 80 damage, like that 10 damage is just not that 10 damage less than 90 is just not good enough to compete with these tier one decks. You can look at Ze- uh, Zekrom Pikachu right now. Uh, the tag team card has 270 HP. Uh, you're going to have to do uh, 140 damage a turn in order to two shot that card um, to get your three prizes. Like that's, 
So, like, like I'm back in the day, I was barely finding cards that could do consistently 90 damage, and now the game wants me to find a card that can consistently do 140 damage minimum in order to knock out this Zekrom in two turns. Not only is the power creep happening with specifically HP, but it's also happening with can I do this much damage consistently in order to knock out a Pokemon as quickly as possible? And I, I think that's fine. I, there are very there are opportunities to knock it, to do like 300 damage in a turn. That is completely possible, but it's a lot harder than you. It, it would be almost impossible to do it every turn. Um, but to but because TCG relies so much on consistency, you're looking for that hot number. Uh, and right now, at least in the TCG, I want to say it's about 140 because you want to consistently do that. But there are opportunities where you can do, you know, 280, 300. TCG's weird. <laughs> Very weird. Zamazenta, Zashiyin are coming. I, I, we, should, we should know by that now that, like, Pokemon loves the word in. It's always like Verizian, Terakian, <laughs> Kobalian, Zashian. Uh, so uh, that's how they said it, if, if you care about that. Okay, so the drama of the, the TCG. So uh, I'll read the top decks. Junior finals here. Uh, the champion was from Japan. Uh, their last name was Miyamoto. They were running Pikachu and Zekrom GX. Uh, they're so Pikachu Zekrom GX. I probably going to be a theme here. Um, and then they they were also using Raichu and a Lolan Raichu GX, uh, which is a single card. <laughs> Both Raichu and a Lolan Raichu are on the card together, <laughs> which is probably very confusing. <laughs> yeah, so Pikachu and Zekrom are on the same card. A Lolan and Raichu are on the same card. They won with that deck. The runner, the runner up was Isaac, uh, Teresia from the United States. He was running Reshiram and Charizard on the same deck, uh, with Green's Exploration. Green is a trainer card. It benefits you if none of your Pokemon have abilities. So I'm assuming none of his Pokemon had abilities, so he was benefiting from Green. The Seniors Division Finals, uh, Kayla from Germany won, which is awesome. Uh, I'm, I don't think she's the first female to win a Worlds, but I could be wrong, but people were losing their minds when she was on well, stage. So. Yeah, it's it's great. It's just great that women are actually, you know, getting uh, placing at uh, major competitions and everything because yes. there's no reason why they shouldn't be. <laughs> she was running Reshiram and Charizard GX and uh, her support was Jirachi. And then the runner-up was Grant Shen from the United States, and he was running Gardevoir and Sylveon GX. Again, wait, those... wait, baby Jirachi? Uh, probably the Jirachi that lets you search the top seven cards of your deck. I gave that card away. <laughs> what? I probably card? just doubled in price. That card well. is so good. <laughs> that card was good before Worlds. I literally handed it to a dude in my gym. Oh my gosh, what? that card is so good. <laughs> Again, Gard Gardevoir and Sylveon are on the same card, and then the Masters. This is the this is the drama here. Uh, the winner was Henry Brand from Australia. He was running Mewtwo and Mew GX, which was a card that just came out two weeks ago. And uh, the runner-up was uh, Shintaro Ito from Japan, and he was running Blacephalon GX, 
and Nagandadel, Nagandadel GX. Different cards. They're not on the same card together. Mew and Mewtwo on the same card together. <laughs> okay. A little bit of research here, or a little bit of history, but why this was a drama, why there was drama here. Um, Henry has really never won anything big, but he has won, obviously, he's a good player. Um, but uh, Shintaro is a really good player. Shintaro won the world championship back in 2017, so he's already won a world's. He's won the Japan Cup twice. He won this year's Japan Cup and he won last year's Japan Cup. Uh, and Japan Cup is uh, i would argue the like the biggest tournament besides worlds uh he's won a bunch of other stuff and they were having a so the world championship stuff is best two out of three you know three rounds unless you win two and then it's just over everyone you know looking i can't remember who technically had the advantage i want to say that Blacephalon Nagandadel had the advantage and Mewtwo Mew had the weakness against us. I'm not 100% sure. Either way, um, the first match was going very well and it was, and Henry had a, like a terrible start. Uh, he had like good things prized and, uh, Shintaro would have probably won. It's always probably because you never know what you draw and don't draw. Uh, so you always have to put the, like, probably would have won, but, like, based on what cards were on the field, what we could see in both opponents' hands, and what we could see in the prizes, it was very obvious that Shintaro, with one more turn, probably would have won round one, but the judge called slow play on Shintaro and gave him a two-prize penalty, and Henry only had two prizes left, so because... Shintaro got a two-prize penalty. Henry automatically won the first match. All of this is correct. <laughs> but also, um, what people need to understand, because I think this gets a loss, especially for people who don't play TCGs competitively or you know at competitions and everything, this, this was a cumulative penalty. Shintaro had received warnings in previous matches. And when you're at the World Championships, guess what? They keep track of the number of warnings you've received. So he hit a point where it was no longer valid to just have a warning for slow play. He had to get a penalty for the slow play because just of the number of warnings he had received in previous matches. So what does slow play mean? So, well, there's official <laughs> rules, and I have really? them Okay, up. I'm glad they have it. Cool. 8.4.1 in the rule book. <laughs> Players should take care to play in a manner that keeps the game pace lively, regardless of the complexity of the situation. A player who takes too long to make decisions about gameplay runs the risk of putting their opponent at a disadvantage due to the round's time limit. In addition... To the recommended penalty, a judge may issue a time extension to offset this disadvantage. Slow play penalty, blah, blah, blah. Slow play penalties should escalate to a double prize card penalty after the first warning, but should not exceed a double prize card penalty. Examples of game tempo slow play include, you are excessively slow when deciding which Pokemon to attach energy to. You take an unreasonable amount of time to decide which Pokemon to take from your deck after playing a Pokeball card. Counting or searching yours or your opponent's deck or discard pile more than once in a short time period. 
repeatedly searching your deck, hand, or discard pile while performing a card effect, attempting to engage in extraneous conversation that interferes with timely play. They do have it listed out that performing the action uh, of cards or attacks should take you about 15 seconds. Shuffling and setting up your game should take 2 minutes. Shuffling and deck search mid-game should take 15 seconds. Starting after the opponent's end of turn announcement should take 5 seconds. Considering the game pos- considering the game position before playing a card should take 10 seconds. Note, during a game should be taken using the times listed above. For example, a player making a note about a mid-game search should must do so in the same 15 seconds of the allowed action. Like, do we know how many warnings this player had before going? Because it sounds like all they needed was one, and then so bang, I didn't, penalty comes. I think comes. that's been lost. I, I don't think anybody has a record of I mean, obviously the Pokemon company does, but I don't think anybody... So I believe it was the head judge that did call the two-prize penalty. Obviously, you know, when you're you, when there's only one game to watch and it's the final game, the head judge has the your complete attention. <laughs> this was the biggest I mean, worlds, by the way. So there, I I only say that because when you have you know a hundred games of TCG happening at the same time, you know the head judge can't possibly be in every place at once to make these calls. So then you have you know other judges that report to the judges that m- maybe they felt. That they didn't want to be, you know, no judge wants to right. be so harsh to ruin a person's game. So I could imagine that probably Shintaro got at least, well, definitely got at least one warning, if not a couple warnings. But no one pulled the trigger to, at at any point in this tr- this three-day tournament, to give him a two-prize penalty. Hmm. Did either of you watch the match? Yeah, I watched. Nah. I watched. Um, Did it? Did it seem it's like slow play to you? Like, were you like, geez, come on, make a decision? Or is it... Some, well, from uh, what I had heard, it was something like he had taken... Like, his Pokemon had gotten knocked out, and he had taken over two minutes to select the Pokemon to replace it, which you're required to. That's like, it stops all action in the game until you promote a Pokemon into the active position after your Pokemon is knocked out. So, see, that, I, I mean, that's what I had heard. I didn't have a timer in front of me, so when I was I was I was watching the match as I walked to the convention center, um, because it just started as I was leaving the hotel. I did I personally, as somebody who's played a lot of the TCG, did thought he was playing slow, but not to me, not in an unreasonable way. Um, if I was his opponent, I would probably have I asked him to pick up the pace, which is a completely legal for you to do. Um, is to like verbalize to your opponent, like, can you play a little faster? Two things. One, and they're definitely related here. One is it's a huge bummer that they didn't call this earlier. Like, in one of his games leading up to this, if he had multiple warnings of slow play, he should have got a two-price penalty earlier. Yes, agreed. And this goes into number two, is once they called that two-price penalty... It sucked the air out of the room. I mean, if you have the option of two out of three, you want all three, right? right? Like you yeah. want it, but you but want it's, the it's last not, one to be tense. It's not even that. It's like you want the wins and losses to be based on the plays that are made by the two opponents, not mm. on a judge's call, right? Because it's like that's it's it's something from outside of the game coming in and saying, "All right, you win and you lose." All right, and like. 
it, it takes the fun out of it, right? Yes, it is logically the correct thing to do, but emotionally, it's not as fun like to see a match like that. Um, I also wanted to say, because I had some people question why slow play would be a concern because when you get to the you know the top cut and everything uh, i don't think that there's a timer on the matches right it's like in the earlier matches it's best two out of three 50 minutes or something like that but when you get to top cut there's no timer on the matches anymore so why does slow play matter um and the issue there is if you are slow playing in a tcg game right it's very difficult for your opponent to maintain their concentration on what they should be doing next and what their plans are and you know based you know making decisions based on what you're doing and then that becomes like introducing a psychological tactic into the game of oh I'm going to play slow my opponent's going to get distracted so they will misplay because they aren't focused enough anymore which is outside of making good decisions and just playing the game the way that it's supposed to be played. Does that make sense to you, Greg, in a way? Yeah, I mean, it does. I, I um, like, I understand, like, I get why the decision was called. Like, I think it, when a person has two left, though, like, hey, I'm just going to call this and you're going to win the game. I well, can see how that's... That's the defined penalty. It's the defined... Steve yeah, read the rules. It's it... the defined penalty. I didn't know that until I read the rules that it was specifically... Because you could you could argue that, like, oh, maybe the judge was being really strict and doing two prizes, but, I mean, they... It, I, that is the penalty, so that's interesting that they have that laid but, out. But, I mean, could it, could it have happened earlier, like, when he had more prizes left? Like, is that... Is it... Even though well, it's the no, it, it was penalty. it was like this specific slow play action oh, okay. was so egregious that it merited a warning at that point. Well, I mean, then, I mean, that's the rules, right? Like that's a person taking advantage after being called out before. It, like in the rules, it says all it takes is once. Well, but see, the thing is, and what's also confusing for people in a timed match, slow play is much more important because. Let's say, you know, I have one prize left, my opponent has three prizes left, but it's still looking kind of grim whether I'm going to win or not. I can start to slow play, and once the match hits time, all I have to do is make sure that, you know, I keep my one prize left and my opponent has their three prizes, and then after turns, I won, right? But just, like, let me slow play to stall it out until we get to that point. Um, so that's why it even exists in the rules, because yeah, once again, it takes if, away even... from the fun of playing the game. But even if it's not timed, right? Like, these are the rules. You have to adhere to the rules. Even though it's not a timed match, it is a timed match. Like, you you are still dealing with another person, another person's attention. You have a deal with an audience's attention. And you have a bunch of people who have played in timed matches who would easily look at something and go, well, they're playing slow, and maybe it doesn't matter, but that's still against these stated rules. So... I mean, as a person who doesn't play it, like, even if there isn't a time limit, you still have to enforce those rules for those rules to have any weight. Yeah, but, to have meaning so, and everything. I mean, it's sad, I guess, for the person, but if you had been told, and by the sound of it, repeatedly told, like, you can't do this, ultimately, I mean, if it, I would I would say that if it hadn't happened, the 
other drama that would be all over the internet was so and so was allowed to play it was a slow play and they TCG did nothing about it. Like they allowed it to happen and that's not a fair win. Like there's no winning in that except the win is you enforce the rules as stated. Look, there's no winning in TCGs. That's the secret. <laughs> well, again, I think, period. I think if you had more than one warning, you... Uh, maybe had, if, even... It's so, it's, all, it's so hard to say in retrospect, because like, even if he had... I mean, even if he had faced the penalty before, it doesn't mean that it wouldn't have happened again, right? Like we can't uh, maybe, say that right? if he, like if you get a speeding ticket, are you more likely to continue speeding after the ticket? <laughs> Everybody I know who's gotten a speeding ticket still speeds after. <laughs> okay, well not like me. That, that's that's not a huge like there are deterrents that work and they work on people who are willing to feel the consequences of that. And if a person's received multiple warning and doesn't change that behavior like, it's the people who get seven speeding tickets, they still speed. Because that's a minor inconvenience to what they want to do. So, you look at it this way, a person who's got multiple warnings, and they aren't stopping, getting a penalty earlier wouldn't have stopped it either. Like, there's no, there's no way of saying that had they been punished this way earlier, that would have changed the behavior, because they were warned multiple times knowing what the penalty was. So I, 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 you know, you can't look back and say, if we followed this alternate timeline, would it have been different? But I do think it's important that they enforce the actual rules. I, it's bad that it was in a final match because that's, again, it sucks the air out of the room. Like, it's not fun, but it's also important for a game company who's going to take this seriously to say, even in the last match, the rules are important, and we are going to enforce them, regardless of what it looks like. It's more important that we keep that level of integrity than making sure that you all feel good about what happened. And I think that's important. And one other thing that I wish I didn't like, I, I don't like to live in a world of should. I'm, I'm very much against living in a world of should, but... A player on his level who has won championships before should know better, right? <laughs> should have known better than to play and should have known how many should warnings he had. Should have known better than slow play. I mean, waste the chance that if, they've if, been given. If getting a two-prize penalty and ultimately losing a game that you would have won, again, hope question, possibly... But but definitely Possibly. but definitely looking at the play field because <laughs> of the audience knows more about both players and you know right. each other players because we can see all the cards because I can't imagine this is the last time we're going to see Shintaro he's just right. he's just been such a dominant player in the last it couple also years. just sounds weird that if you're in a clearly dominant position why are you slow playing. Well, I mean, he's he was in a dominant position to the audience. I don't think he knew that Henry oh, okay. had a garbage hand. Gotcha. And uh, and we knew what Henry had in his prizes, and um, he didn't because we can see that. I see. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. Well, that's that's the drama. Uh, we will we will take a break. Uh, <laughs> 
we won't go in more in depth for the video game stuff. There wasn't anything. I mean, it was just your standard video game. There was that, an Umbreon. There was, there was an Umbreon. That was probably the most exciting <laughs> thing. But it, everybody the, <laughs> cheered when that Umbreon hit the stage. Uh, but uh, we, oh, there was a new rule. Actually, there was a little bit of drama with the Umbreon. We, I do have some tea for you, Greg, with the Umbreon. Ooh. Actually, we will be right back. Stop going to Sam's Club. Stop buying the four-gallon tub of peanut butter. Okay, but Sam's Club has some really good deals. Stop, 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 stop going to Sam's Club. Ah, the 18 pounds of cream cheese is on sale. Ah, the 18 pounds of cream cheese is on sale. I will use 18 pounds of cream cheese somehow. I got two dogs that need pills. You can't eat 18 pounds of cream cheese before they expire. The 18 pounds of cream cheese is on sale. The 18 pounds of cream cheese is on sale. All right, let's do some video game stuff. Woo! Uh, so after the V stuff, they showed a trailer for the Sword and Shields. It's kind of hard to explain what happened in this trailer. They didn't show any new Pokemon. Well, I guess, I mean, they showed new old Pokemon, I suppose. Like Rotom. Rotom is playable. Yeah. So I think Pokemon is finally learning. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Okay, I'm going to Okay, I'm going to say one thing. Okay. A while back, I predicted how double battles would look, and I was right. I don't remember said prediction, but I don't remember I, that at all either. Because with was like, can there be double battles? Because with Dynamaxing, and I said, well, the Dynamax would go behind to be super big, and the normal would be little up in front. Oh, that, yeah, and that it's does happen. Right. Yeah. Um, okay, so My double battles was shown. Like this was something we were. You would ideally think double battles would come back. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's pretty much how they run the VGC. So yeah. But they've officially announced it, and when they show double battles, the room that we were in, Will was there with me, uh, was very loud and excited that double battles were returning. <laughs> yeah, except for me, because I wanted rotation battles. Yeah, Oof. rotation battles for life. Oh, gross. Hey, it's better than sky battles. I'll read through the, well, yeah, yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> In the battle stadium, Pokemon trainers can engage in ranked battles where they're able to face trainers and battle their teams across the globe. Trainers will battle those with a similar rank and earn points depending the results of those battles. Each trainer in ranked battles belong to a specific tier, and trainers can increase their rank by earning points. Trainers can check their own rank in the battle stadium. They can also see how all the participants placed in competition on their smartphone version of Pokemon Home. That's fascinating. In casual battles, it's not about who wins or lose, loses. It's about the path you choose. Let your journey begin. Would you stop? Pokemon. Would you stop? Oh, no. <laughs> in casual battles, it's not about who wins or loses. It's about becoming a better trainer. That was the remixed version of Black and White I never got. One of the uh, <laughs> aspects of casual battles is the ability to use certain legendary Pokemon and mythical Pokemon that are not eligible for ranked battles. Features like online competition and rental teams will also allow players to connect with trainers in different ways. 
Trainers who participate on online competitions can either battle in either official competitions or friendly competitions. Official competitions, participants will take part in special battles with a variety of different rules and restrictions. In friendly competitions, trainers can join competitions hosted by other players or even host their own competitions. Regulars, regulations in friendly competitions are determined by the host. Rental teams enable trainers to borrow battle teams by inputting IDs available online or to make battle teams that they've put together available as rental teams or to other trainers all over the world. Up to five teams can be rented at once, and players can even use those in ranked battles. Dynamaxing and Max Move The Dynamax phenomenon not only makes Pokemon huge, it can also give them a boost in power and sway the course of battle. The max moves that only Dynamax Pokemon can use just aren't powerful but imp have impressive additional effects. For example, the water type max move Max Geyser will trigger the rain weather condition, and the fighting type move Max the fighting type max move Max Knuckle will increase the attack of all allied Pokemon. In Pokemon Sword and Shield, a trainer's Pokemon can Dynamax if the trainer has the Dynamax band. Pokemon do not have to hold a special item to Dynamax. This means trainers can choose which of their Pokemon to Dynamax depending on what is happening in battle, and they can even choose to have their Pokemon hold, hold items to boost their strength so they can unleash max moves that are even more powerful. New Abilities and Items Many new abilities have been discovered in the Pokemon in Pokemon Sword and Shield. One, su one such ability is Galar Weezing's Neutralizing Gas. This ability neutralizes the ongoing effects of other Pokemon's abilities and prevents the ability from being triggered. Once the Pokemon with Neutralizing Gas leaves the battlefield, all other abilities of Pokemon will be activated again. Some Pokemon have rare abilities known as hidden abilities. In Pokemon Sword and Shield, Pokemon caught in max raid battles might have these abilities. There's also a very small chance that trainers will encounter a special Pokemon capable of Gigantamaxing in max raid battles. While extremely rare, by attempting many different battles, there's a chance they could even encounter a Pokemon that can Gigantamax and has a hidden ability. One such hidden ability is Corviknight's Mirror Armor, which will bounce back any stat-lowering effects from an opposing Pokemon's abilities or moves. New items can be combined with specific moves to give trainers an edge in battle and will be available in Sword and Shield. These items include Room Service and Eject Pack. When held by a Pokemon, Room Service will lower that Pokemon's speed when Trick Room is successful, successfully used. When a Pokemon is holding Eject Pack and has any stats lowered, it will immediately switch out when another Pokemon is sent in. So this is like, mm, I'm so frustrated reading this. <laughs> why? Okay, why? Because when Masuda sat on stage and said, we're oh, cutting we Pokemon, and they asked why, he said, one, they wanted better animations, and two, they wanted a better competitive scene. And we'll put the animation one aside for now. It's not a conversation we're going to have. Everyone and their mother who knows how to use a keyboard <laughs> was like, <laughs> they don't know how to do competitive. They're the same company that did Mega Rayquaza. Spoiler, Mega Rayquaza wasn't even in the finals. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I don't know. This seems like they really, really thought about competitive. They made an item to get to like give you an edge in trick room. They gave you an yeah. item because they thought about how dominant intimidate has been. Heck, when you it's not it doesn't say here, but when you Dynamax or Gigantam Gigantamax, you can't be flinched. Like fake out doesn't work on Dynamax yeah, Pokemon. It's like all the strategies yeah. that people have been using for the past for, yeah. almost sounds like ten years are like. I mean, it's well, as if don't use for those the last anymore. Ten years of data collection of all of these people oh, playing these things. Data collection. They finally data. are making change. No, I mean, like, I think it's fascinating. Like the fact that all status moves used by Dynamax Pokemon become Max Guard is. Fascinating because you know there are all the Z moves like Z Splash and uh, Z Thunder Wave that like did the status effect and then boosted their stats. Like taking that away for this, like it's clear that they are well aware of what their you know competitive game is like, and I think this is their first like huge step of hey, we are going to shake things up. And get ready for it. The amount of people that were so upset and salty about <laughs> Dynamaxing without even trying Dynamax. And Will and I can give our opinions on Dynamax because we tried it. But the amount of possibilities you have with that. I mean, like, even if you look at, like, s s Sun and Moon, you'd be like, okay, well, there's a Kangaskhan on the team. It's obviously holding their mega stone it's the only mega here <laughs> like it's the only one that can mega evolve was having mega rayquaza did that make the game ultimately unbalanced sure but also mega rayquaza wasn't allowed in every single competition it was allowed in the ultra cup but i don't believe it was allowed in the stars cup i i don't think you i don't think you get to the place where we are now without trial and error I don't think you get here without like, okay, we tried gems, we tried megas, we tried Z moves, we tried Z moves and megas. <laughs> here we are. But man, I just look back of how many people were like, the the meta game is not going to get better or they don't care about competitive. And like, not only were they self-aware enough, and I will say that it kind of, it's kind of frustrating. It took them this, it took them that long to get to this point. Agreed. But GTS is completely going away and everything will be taking place inside Sword and Shield, which again is a plus. And again, I think that goes with right time, right place. Even though there was a way to track your ranking, you're asking players to go out of the game, to go to a website, to log in, to link their game, to <laughs> participate in competitions. And the GTS sucked. It was a terrible website. Even to like redeem Tapu Lele or Tapu Bulu, after your friendly competitions, was a pain to do. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. To have yeah, it As a person who only ever did it once in a while for those things, I would forget all the steps all the time. Like, it was a pain in the butt. But does that mean they had to cut all the Pokemon to make this happen? Yes. Maybe. Yes, 100%. Maybe they didn't cut all the Pokemon drama. Uh... <laughs> They cut a couple of Pokemons. The ones that nobody's going to notice in the long run anyways. Like Kangaskhan. 
mean, you could make the argument of, well, what happened to the little symbol, but I feel like... What my, happened to the little symbol? You know how um, X or X and Y has the, the pentagon, oh, yeah, yeah. and then Alola has the plus, and you could be like, well, have all the Pokemon, but have the Galar ones have a symbol, and then you're only allowed to use the symbol. Yeah, but that didn't, like... I mean, the symbol could appear... Because their their range was very small, right? Like, you could breed something and have it be in the game, and it would get that symbol. Like, they are definitely going for a more curated feel. And also, it, we've said it, it's becoming an untenable amount of number to keep yeah. track of. Oh, I logged like, into Sun and Moon, Ultra Sun on Ultra Moon yesterday. Have you ever scrolled through the item list? <laughs> I mean, it's... <laughs> it's, it's never-ending. It never how, ends. How would a new player be like... Okay, there's 40 plates here. There's 100 CDs here. There's 300 berries. <laughs> what All is the Z crystals? Club? Yeah, I mean, so there's more to it than like this is their first. I think this is the first real. We are going to really try to get our competitive side into a spot where we want it. We really want to control that experience we really want to control what data we're collecting we really want to control what everybody's experiencing like they really have a lot of control because they are making it feels like they're making a huge change as far as like the philosophy of where things are located you know stuff is going to be in homes people are going to be on their smartphones stuff are going to be in the games like for a company that is a lot that's just a lot period like companies are not high risk takers, especially with incredibly popular, well known brands. Like they they don't like taking thing big risks that are going to cost them a lot of money. So when they do these things, they are doing them in their most controlled way possible to limit as much problems as they can. Like they tend not to do things just because they're bored. They tend to do them because they have to look forward to what does the next 20 years bring? What are we going to do now? Is this a good changeover? What are we going to lose? What are we going to gain? Like, none of this is made on a whim or because they're bored or because they want to do something else. Uh, these are business decisions with billions of dollars behind them. I, I was, you know, the person two and a half years ago that was like, yeah, shinies are cool, but I can't spend myself. I can't see myself spending eight hours looking for a slightly different color Pokemon. Surprise! Wow, how times have changed. I was also the person that was like, breeding is really boring. I don't want to spin in a circle to get four specific moves on a Pokemon and to have the right nature and ability and that kind of stuff. And then I did that. Now I feel like because of these changes, I'm the person that'll be like, eh, maybe I'll try battling. <laughs> Heck yeah, I'm back in. I'm doing competitive again. I mean, I, th there's definitely a competitive side of me. I mean, I've played the trading card game for three years. Uh, the difference there is I was spending 100 to $200 every three months when two cards came out, and this is seems like I'm going to be spending $60, and that's it. That's what you think, but it, you're actually paying with your life. Price-wise, the barrier's much lower. I mean, we saw in Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee with with the, the 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 synchronized lady 
which instead of, you know, spending four hours looking for, a, let's say you were shiny hunting for your competitive team and you want a, I don't know, shiny Abra because you want a Alakazam and to, you know, spend four hours to finally find the Abra to be like, oh, well, you know, it's the wrong nature. It was only 50-50. I put the synchronizer, but it didn't work. So I guess I got to do this again. Because <laughs> that's real fun. Um, so... Uh, they've they've definitely worked with accessibility. Uh, I don't. <laughs> by no means do do I have expectations of Sword and Shield being this perfect game. Sure, something will be wrong or something will be frustrating, and but I do think that the changes of getting rid of the GTS is great. The fact that they introduce new held items. And Dynamax counters things that have been so dominant over the years. Intimidate, Trick Room, Flinch. Um, that they're, that, that restores confidence in me. That the Pokemon company released this trailer being like, we know, we're, we're openly saying without saying in a, in a 90 second trailer, we know that these were the problems and we're addressing them head on. And we're going to show the players at the biggest event where these people would come together. We're going to show them right away, this is what you have to look forward to. And there was no denying it standing in that room. The amount of cheering that happened when these things happened. When when Pikachu, was it Pikachu that was Dynamax that didn't flinch? When um, that held item ejected them out? When the trick room stuff boosted, like there was... People were losing their minds, uh, and like that—that that energy of like how excited they were was was awesome. Yeah, um, I did not lose my mind though; <laughs> it's fully retained. Uh, so that's good to see. Um, and the and it seems like home is going to be more than just a Pokemon bank. Uh, that they're mentioning that you'll be able to see your ranks on that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, it sounds like a total hub. For, like, everything Pokemon. There's yeah. just so many things that they're saying, oh, this will be in home, and this will be in home. And it's like, I'm getting super excited to actually have a really good Pokemon app on my smartphone to do stuff with. Same. I'm excited for it. Yeah, I think there's always been that, there's always been that, like, even watching the anime, there's always been that feeling of watching these high-stake battles. Like, that's the best part of, one would argue, that's the best part of the anime is, like, watching Ash compete. For some people. In the tournaments. I'm there for the romance. Um, and so I feel like they're, they're finally getting to that place where people feel like when they want to compete or people want to watch other people compete or people can get enjoyment of that. So we'll, we'll see if that actually pans out. It could be a complete flop. It could be bad. It could be that... Everything's broken. It could be, but <laughs> they have to do something. Like, we don't know until they do it. And I think signs point to better. Like, yes. the fact that when you released all of these things and you had a room full of people who were there to watch the competition and they were very happy with them, at least says, hey, you're on the right track for something. Uh, Will, do you want to talk about your experience with uh, the demo? So, do you want to lay out what the demo was for people? Wait, are we not going to cover the Embryon thing? 
Oh, we'll get to that in a second. I just wanted this uh, is my transition because I want to talk right, about so Ma- uh, Dynamax. The demo you started out in the water gym with who's the gym leader for the water Nessa. gym? Nessa. Nessa. Okay, but you are before you get there, so you have to solve the waterfall puzzle in order to actually get access to the gym so that you can battle Nessa. Um, the problem. Let me just pre-stage the problem I had Uh-oh. was that they had a representative at each of the demo stations who was there to assist you in getting through the demo. It was a 15 minute 20. Um, oh, well he said 15 minutes. Uh, oh, you were cut short. No, 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 no. He, but whatever. It's like, he was basically said like when the timer hits, the game stops. Oh, right. So that kind of a demo, but he like talked to me through the entire time. <laughs> And he also said, oh, hey, there's this character. It's the first character you talk to. And if uh, you talk to them again, they'll heal up all your Pokemon. But I'm going to challenge you. Like, can you get through this entire demo without healing your Pokemon? And I was like, oh, well, I guess maybe this is like a real challenge that people are doing. Blah, blah, blah. No, everybody else healed up their Pokemon before they went into Nessa. Whatever. So I solved the waterfall puzzle. I mean, it's a Pokemon puzzle. It ain't that hard. (laughs) But (laughs) it's visually beautiful absolutely beautiful um but then i didn't heal my pokemon before i went in to see nessa and so i had a few damaged pokemons getting in there because you have to battle about five trainers before you get through that door and i almost lost even though almost but you didn't i even though i dynamaxed yamper i had a big doggy and i also want to cry foul because uh nessa had the the rock water dude who's that uh dreadnought dreadnaw. Dreadnaw. so she she dynamaxed her dreadnought i waited for that to happen so that i would dynamax second and i'd be the last one with a dynamax duty open and i used an electric hold attack. on hold on hold on hold on when she dynamaxed because she does yes so, okay, so just to back up real quick, for those that are still not on the fence about Dynamax, for those that think it's a bad gimmick, or, you know, they're not some completely sold on it, you do not have to Dynamax. Nothing, do not, correct. Nothing forces you to Dynamax at all. You, like, I, I will openly admit, when I played through Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, I didn't use a Z-Crystal once. Besides the one that they show you to do breakneck blitz with the rock rough. I never equipped a Z crystal, never felt the need to do it. I thought that it would make the game easier. You could Z, you could breakneck blitz every Caterpie you saw walking through that game if you wanted to. <laughs> uh, but I did not decide to do it. So now back to Dynamax. When she Dynamaxed her de- Dreadnought, were, did it... I would assume you thought about Dynamaxing at that minute because you're like, I don't know what this thing can do. In in a way, yes. But I also was keeping in mind like the strategy of who is the last Dynamax out. So if I Dynamax right away, I don't have a lot of advantage because, you know, hers will end the Dynamax and then mine will end the Dynamax and... You know, it's like 
I'd rather have my Dynamax dude out for two turns more than her Dynamax dude is out than the other way around. Does that make any sense? Mm -hmm. Yes. But the problem is my Yamper hit Dynamax Yamper hit Dynamax Dreadnought with an electric move and it wasn't super effective. And there's something wrong with that. So I quit now, frauds. I'm angry. <laughs> I'm writing angry letters. Something, they cheated me in the demo. I still won by a slim hair somehow. Are but, you sure yeah. that you used an electric move? Because moves change when you Dynamax. Uh, oh, yeah. It was like lightning. Gamper has like lightning something. It would have been it's, called the Max something. Uh, maybe it was like Max Lightning. You know, <laughs> it's like very clearly an electric type move. I will get to the bottom of this and report back. I mean, we don't... It could have a hidden ability uh, if we don't know. The problem... Well, they, may have, they may have changed the weakness charts, too, and said, okay, Rock is now resistant to electric and just not told anybody. I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying that you are... <laughs> yes, you are! I'm not saying that you are incorrect of maybe you picked the wrong move or maybe... You were just maybe unaware. it was user error. Maybe you just didn't read the text. But for those listening, Dreadnought's type is Water Rock. Ground is resistant to electric, but Rock takes neutral damage from electric. So ideally, Correct. your move should have been two times super effective. Yes, I was robbed. But otherwise. A fun and enjoyable experience. I think the graphics are absolutely astounding and beautiful and just I'm I'm very much looking forward to playing this game from my warm, cozy home in Minneapolis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe they changed the typing. I'm not sure. So for those uh so this is the same demo they had at E three. I'm assuming the same demo they had at Nationals. Uh, you, it's the water challenge. So I guess it's, you could say it's a gym. You could also say it's a trial. Uh, you could also say that there's three very easy NPCs and then a gym leader. <laughs> I believe there are three NPCs. Uh, the first one had a Vulpix. The second one had a, uh, floor, uh, why can't I remember its name? Gossiflor. And then yeah. the third one had an Impidimp. And then I don't know if there's a if there was a fourth yeah. one I don't remember. I want to play with Impidimp. And then there was the water puzzle. I will say the water puzzle was a little bit trickier than I thought. It was your standard puzzle though. Um I don't not really any different than like Sophocles's trial in the sense that you got to put some stuff together, not any different than uh Wolfric's trial where you or Jim where you got to spin some stuff to make the path no different than Bryce's move onto blocks in a certain way to get to him because ice moves you. Just a puzzle. Um, once you figure out the solution, it's very obvious because that's how puzzles work. <laughs> and then you go, I'm dumb because it was way easier than I thought. Uh, this puzzle, you have to like turn levers to turn on and off water and water is blocking your path. I don't know for sure. I highly doubt, though, the three people in that gym are the final three people. Uh, I know when we were, when, uh, when people were fishing for anything and anything, 
anything and anything to say negative about Sword and Shield, people were losing their minds that in the water gym, one of the characters has a Vulpix. <laughs> they should have a water Pokemon. Uh, when you play the demo, it makes sense, actually, because they give you three starter Pokemon. And if every single Poke- Pokemon trainer had a water type Pokemon, you probably would have no reason to use Score Bunny or Sobble. You would probably just use Grookey or Yamper because you understand how to play Pokemon and you understand water is weak to grass and electric. So I don't know. Maybe you put a Vulpix in to give you a reason to use Sobble. It's almost like <laughs> they want you to use all three starters when you play through this demo. Maybe that was my mistake. Oops. Um, so you can you cannot there is no Dynamax button until you get to Nessa. They've pretty much made that clear in case you missed it. You can't Dynamax until you're in an area that allows you to Dynamax. Um I a couple things I noticed. One, your character moves pretty quickly, just walk, standard walk speed. You don't have to hold a button down to run. As soon as I finished the demo, I played a little Let's Go, and your character moves significantly faster uh, than Let's Go. I would argue probably 50, 50% to 75% faster, just walk uh, running speed. I would not say it's as fast as the Rollerblades, but it, it feels like the fastest character running out of any game. Very um, smooth. It's very smooth. Uh, the gym is gorgeous. Uh, the battles are are great. Uh, Sobble's idle animation, Score Bunny's idle animation, Grookey's idle animation are all fantastic. I think they're good. They're cute. Um, there's definitely like s- seeing them in the battle or watching the camera pan around them gives them more life and character. If you were kind of on the fence of which one to pick. Um, once you kind of see them out and about, it uh, it definitely, I don't know, changes, maybe changes your perspective of, they're, they're cute. Uh, I used my Sobble against the Vulpix. I used my Score Bunny against the Gossiflor. I don't I think I used Yamper against the Impidimp. I don't know. I just wanted to throw Yamper out, Yamper out to see his butt. Uh, Nessa has a Goldeen and a Dreadnought. I don't know if those are her final two Pokemon. Uh, the gym was also level fifty, so everything I'm was level fifty. Really yeah. surprised if she only has two Pokemon in a level fifty gym. Um, yeah, all the trainers were level fifty. All your Pokemon were level fifty. The start button was disabled um, in the demo, so you can hit start or look through anything. When you were in battle, though, uh, it did give you the option to read what moves did, uh, so you could just be like, "I don't know what tackle does." <laughs> Shows you how much damage <laughs> and stuff. Did it? I can't remember well. Did it say if the moves were super effective or not super effective? Like it, it doesn't. Did. It does. Yeah, because that was a weird thing that Let's Go just suddenly didn't have. Uh, when I heard that Will went through the gym challenge without healing, I told myself, "Well, if Will can do it, I can do it." So I also didn't heal and then almost lost. <laughs> See, <laughs> but, but I just, won. This is how they get you to think this is a hard game. Uh, yeah, I mean, very easy to make it hard for yourself. Just don't heal. And then all of a sudden the gym challenge becomes extremely, really, really difficult. (laughs) Why would they ever put difficulties in the game? Just don't heal yourself. And it suddenly becomes hard. Uh, you make, make your own fun. 
I decided, uh, so when she Dynamaxed her Dreadnought, I was like, oh man. So I thought to myself, well, the easy solution is just Dynamax the Grookey and just use a grass move. Because rock is weak to grass, water's weak to grass, four times effective. And it's funny because who did who said they did that? Was it like Drew, our friend Drew? He was like, oh yeah, I just Dynamaxed in one shot. Um, and I was like, well, that's not fun. That makes it. <laughs> yeah, agreed. So when she Dynamaxed, I was like, well, I guess I'll... I'll, I'll see if these Pokemon can survive, and let me tell you, a Dynamax Dreadnought is real good at one-shotting your your non-Dynamax Pokemon. Yup, correct. Uh, I was able to Dropped confuse a rock it. right on my guy. This is a, a real real dumb thing. I was like, can you confuse Dynamax? And you can. I was able to swagger it, and probably not good for me, because it increased its attack, but it was... <laughs> I was able to confuse it. Uh, 60 chess right there. And then after after it didn't... So here's another thing that was kind of interesting. And again, why I think Dynamax is pretty cool. One, big Pokemon look great. Big Pokemon are, big Pokemon are good. There's no, there's no way around it. Big Pokemon equals good. Uh, I decided... Big Pokemon, big fun. Yay, I decided I'm excited <laughs> to Dynamax Wooloo. Um, so Wooloo, I can't remember its complete move set, but what happens is what we kind of talked about, what we kind of speculated a couple episodes ago. Your move set is very crucial to Dynamax. So I want to say Wooloo had like tackle, uh, cotton guard. Growl, maybe, and then, um, I don't know, it was like Tackle 2. It was like two very, no- like just two normal, it might have been Headbutt, actually. Um, so when I Dynamaxed it, it only had two moves. It had Max Guard and Max Strike. So the like the status moves turned into max guard, and then the other two moves just turned into max strike. So again, just to think about how battles go forward, if you have maybe like a Lipard that has fake out and then three status moves because it might have prankster, and you want to be able to prankster your status moves, those could all change in the same move, which might not make it worth it to Dynamax the Lipard. So just take that in consideration. So it kind of sucked when I Dynamaxed it because I was like, oh, I don't have a lot of options here because of what Wooloo's moveset was. So I did Max Strike, and it's just, I don't know, a more powerful tackle. And then Max Guard is literally just Protect. It just protects all damage from a turn. That's all it is. And uh, if your Dynamax Pokemon dies while big, it literally just explodes on the battlefield. It just blows up. (laughs) My Wooloo just self-destructed like an electrode, and it was real sweet and satisfying. But yeah, her non-Dynamax Dreadnought killed my Dynamaxed Wooloo. I think oh. It, yeah, I think it took it like two or three turns to kill it, but my boom just blew up. Um, so yeah, so it was fun. It was funny, though, because uh, I was down to two Pokemon. It was Dreadnought at almost full health, because the only damage I really did was Max Strike. And then I was down to Sobble and Scorbunny, um, which Scorbunny has the worst typing against Dreadnought. <laughs> so the when the guy asked me if I played a Pokemon game, I was like, yes. And he was the opposite of Will's guy. He didn't talk to me at all. 
Lucky. And he said, do you need any help or should I just leave you alone? And I said, you can just leave me alone. I'm just going to try to see as much as I can in the game. Um, and when I when he came back over when I was down to Sobble and my my 200 IQ play uh, was I decided to soak the Dreadnought. Oh. And because I knew that Sobble couldn't do that much damage. And he, like, he, like, that was when he verbally panicked. He was like, no, 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 because I used Soak. Soaked. And then Sobble died after that Soak, because I was faster than Dreadnought. And then I sent out Score Bunny, and then I used, uh, I think it was, like, Double Edge or something. And because it was no longer Rock-type, Score Bunny was able to kill it easily. And he was like, whoa, I didn't even think about that. And I was like, yeah, I removed the Rock-type. <laughs> yeah. So my normal type move would do damage because none of my fire type moves would have done anything regardless. And he was like, wow. Um, You're a professional. And I was like, give me my pins. Thanks. You mean pins? pins? Yeah, they Heck give you yeah. pins. Little enamel. You got an enamel score bunny, an enamel grookey, and an enamel sobble. They are so cute. They went right on my lanyard. I want a grookey. I mean, I can give you my grookey. It's a friendship thing. I mean, it's the same demo at E3, so it's not like they changed anything to it in the last, like, two months. It's the same thing. Uh, but it was it was good. It was good. It was fun. I really, really enjoyed Dynamaxing. I thought it was fun. Can we talk about the bad demo now? Yeah, if you want. I didn't play Masters, but, what? I mean, it's out. <gasps> you didn't try Pokemon Masters? No, I wasn't going to wait in line 45 well, minutes for a game coming out in 10 days. <laughs> Pull up a chair again, because I got a pin that says Pokemon Masters that you don't have. No, I got one. Brittany gave one to me. Oh, well, let's get started. The game is terrible. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Let me rephrase. The game is not for me. It is very confusing. There's a lot going on. For some reason, these punk rock kids wanted to battle Cynthia. Cynthia was too tired. <laughs> so you have to battle to protect Cynthia. I the, it, the game was trying to tell me how to play it as it went. And I kind of remembered us talking about how it's a real-time game. Yeah. And such and this. And I was tapping things and trying to make my, my dude go against my other dude. And the person who was supposed to be telling me what to do had walked away. So I did click on some of the wrong things. And then they came back and they were like, no, you were supposed to click on this one. And then I clicked on that one. And then it crashed on the iPad. And that was the end of my demo because I didn't even care enough to say, (laughs) can we restart? Because mine just crashed. I heard those iPads were real chunky at the end of the, for a lot of people. What does chunky mean? You know, like walking through peanut butter. A little, a little sluggish. Oh, maybe, maybe. The yeah, are not a game that I'll be getting. At some points, the line for Masters was longer than the line for Sword and Shield. Let me tell you what was the worst line in all of the Pokemon World Championships. It was this little section called the first step, oh, man. which was right. Did you did you look at that at all? Uh huh. Okay, so what it What's was the was first step. So okay, so they had like three tables, and on those tables was just like a pile of not, and I'm talking like an unorganized pile of TCG cards, and you were supposed to go in 
and it said like uh you're gonna build your first pokemon tcg deck and so it's like select 16 pokemon select this many trainers select this many energies okay here's your first deck and now you can sit down and play and it was just like you know just pick them up off the table nobody was doing anything to make sure that that line moved i literally stood in it for 45 minutes and did not move and saw that there were three people on the inside of the first step who were very unbothered in picking and making their decks and it wasn't going to go anywhere and i just got out of the line and walked away because like, oh man this is, this is too much this is and I was like, this is so disappointing because it would have been like a fun way to just make a, oh, here's a silly deck that I put together at Worlds, you know, from a bunch of janky cards and had some fun with. But boy, oh boy, they, I don't know what they were trying to accomplish there, but it wasn't getting people to play the TCG. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Oh man, I completely forgot. We can talk about the the thing that I thought was wrong and fake and that ended up being real. Which thing? Oh, okay. Well, hold on. We should take another break. We got to talk about the Umbreon drama. Yeah, what are we going to talk about Umbreon? I've been dying! (laughs) Well, here, we'll talk about Umbreon after the break, and then we'll talk about the other booth that they had, which I thought was a fake booth, but but ended up being a real booth. Oh, that's right. Oh, man, yes. And then uh, we have a bit of Pokemon Go news, and then we'll probably... Call it a show because the show's been real long. So hold I on, we'll have a Pokemon of the week. We'll have Pokemon of the week. All right, we'll be right back. You want that? You want that uh, Umbreon drama, don't you? I. It has been like four hours, and I have not had it yet. Okay, real quick, Pokemon Junior Division Finals. The uh, champion was uh, Pai Wu from Taiwan. Runner-up was Teddy French from Great. What a name, Teddy French from Great Britain. Uh, video game Senior Finals was uh, Ko. Su- uh, Sukide from Japan. Runner-up was Louis Tan from Australia. And then the Masters Finals were uh, Naoto Misobuchi from Japan and Hirofumi Kumura from Japan. And I want to say it was... Let me just... Uh, yes, it was Hirofumi who had a... A Duskmane Necrozma, a Tapu Lele, a Kangaskhan. Better believe that had a Megastone on it. Uh, a Salamance, a Groudon. You better believe that had a red orb on it. And an Umbreon. 
Uh, so this was pretty awesome because this was the first time, uh, well, no one expected Umbreon and people were very excited for the Umbreon. Unfortunately, uh, he was the runner up here, but the Umbreon was pretty much a replacement for, uh, Evotol. Uh, so they, it was a relaxed nature with foul play, helping hand moonlight and snarl, the ability inner focus and was holding a citrus berry. So, uh, the rules were you were not allowed to have more than two boxed legends on, in your, in your, team so Groudon being one of the box legends and then necrozma or in this case duskmane necrozma being the other legend um tapu lele doesn't appear on a box uh so you're safe there uh eveltal does though so pretty much this was like budget eveltal but did very very well in what it needed to do which was survive a couple hits uh, be able to moonlight, be able to help ha helping hand, snarl, foul play. So the drama was there's now a new official rule that they decided to put on paper, which was you are no longer allowed to bring signs into the world competition to hold up signs to root for your favorite person. What? Because people, Was this a problem? People had Umbreon signs because they were so excited about the Umbreon. I guess the problem could be you could write things on the sign and hold it up. Oh. Uh, because the, the competitors can't hear the audience because of the headphones, but I suppose they could look out into the audience. So instead, what people did is they went to the Pokemon Center and they bought the Umbreon plushes. <laughs> <laughs> there were so many Evolution plushes and pillows and etc. at the Pokemon Center. And then they just held up those plushes instead when Umbreon came on screen. People really wanted this to be like the Pachirisu of, yeah. of this year. And it probably would have been cool if it won at all. But second place. I, still, second place is real good. Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. And the world I championships? Mean, I, didn't get, I didn't get second place in nothing. Uh, no Incineroar on that team. Although Incineroar wow. was on the uh, the winning team. A winning team had uh, just regular old Lunala, Groudon, Incineroar, Salamance, Tapu Fini, and Stakataka. Uh, and a top four, uh, top four, uh, no Rayquaza's on top four. Uh, Ray Rayquaza did appear in um, top eight, but only twice. So. Uh, Rayquaza was pretty dominant leading up to this tournament, but uh, I guess the meta slightly changed. Two, uh, two out of the eight teams had uh, Mega Rayquaza, for whatever that is worth. Okay, last thing about Worlds. Oh, we probably didn't. Probably should disclose. Uh, we paid for our own tickets, so oh, there yeah. was there was no. Uh, we're not saying good things because Pokemon Company paid us to be there. We everything was my flight, my hotel, all paid by me. My own home, my mortgage, yes. All paid, paid. by Will. <laughs> well, not <laughs> paid for by long. Um, uh, at one point, so after the announcement and stuff on the first day we're there, we're, we're like hanging out near the front of the convention because there's tables and there's a cafe over there. And we're sitting there and uh, some guy comes up and he has this sheet of paper, just regular old sheet of paper. And there's a list of things on him. There's like 13 things. Uh and he was like, is anyone uh, play Pokemon Go? And we were all like, yeah. And he was like, I need, uh, he's like, does anyone have a trainer name that starts with the letter D? 
And we were like, no. And he's like, um, you probably heard about this. I'm doing this Pokemon Go scavenger hunt. I'm looking for people with the letter D. Um, and then he was like, is anyone on Mystic? Does any, can anyone trade me just a Pokemon? And I think somebody in our group traded. And then maybe, you know, three, four minutes later, somebody else comes over. Again, we didn't know this guy or anything. He was nice, though. Somebody else comes over and goes, hey, does anyone in this group have a letter D in their name? <laughs> and we're like, no, no. He's like, oh, I'm doing the scavenger hunt. And I was like, what is the scavenger hunt? And he was like, oh, yeah, it was just, you know, around the corner. You just pay $5 and you got to do this checklist. And when you're done, you get swag. And I was like, what scam is this? I know. Is that-, <laughs> that sounds real scammy. Doesn't it? Okay. So, okay. So just to lay this out, is more, this is more scammy than your your Japan trip. So, <laughs> so it's literally like printed from just like an HP printer, and it's just like made in <laughs> in word processor. It's just like Times New Roman, thirteen things with like the auto numbering. And so, like, to preference this, they have, like, they give you, when you get, you, you get this nice badge, you get this little adventure guide, like little Indiana Jones where you go to stations and collect stamps. When you go to the Pokemon Center and you buy something, you get this, like, cleaning cloth, and they give you this nice little, you know, front and back printed sheet about being at Worlds. Like, everything there was really high quality, and then you just see people walking around with this 8.5 by 11 sheet of printer paper with Times New Roman font. Doing this scavenger hunt that they said they paid five dollars for, I'm like, ah, I'm not participating in your scam. And it, it's it's pretty easy thing. It's like you know, catch twenty five Pokemon. Do one of them was get a lucky trade with somebody. Uh, add five new friends. Find somebody with a D. Catch a Relicanth. Catch an Aerodactyl. And then you're supposed to screenshot everything. And so we're we're about to we're about to leave the area after these two guys talk to us, and then a third person comes over and was like, "Hey, anyone in this group got a letter D?" I was like, "I'm out. I'm I'm not helping your scavenger <laughs> hunt. I'm out of here. I got better things to do to help you with your scam." Uh, turns out, the next day no when I actually decided to go back in the hall. There's a whole booth dedicated to the scavenger yep. hunt in the hall. It's like pushed in yep. like the front. You have to like enter the hall and turn like hard left. And it's always all the way in the corner. There's this huge line. And you got in line and you paid $5 and they handed you this printer paper. And I guess when you were done, you either got like a shirt or like a water bottle. And I was like, so- I kind of feel bad now that I like told these. Like it legit seemed like a scam. And the thing is, it's like. For anybody who hasn't gone to like a major Pokemon event, there's always like these little groups that are completely unrelated to Pokemon in any way. And they're like, we're going to do our own little side event. And oh, yeah, just we'll make it like there's a great prize. But, you know, you give us five dollars and you can do our side event. And that's what it seemed like. You know, it's just like, oh, the the D.C. area Pokemaniacs, we're going to do a Pokemon Go scavenger hunt as part of Worlds. And then it's like they're sneaking around. Even at like Pokemon Go Fest, there were because it was in an open area in a park, you'd have people that would like roll in their shopping carts full of knockoff Chinese Pokemon merch. And they would just like sit on the edge of the park for Pokemon Go Fest and like try to sell you their 1999 
knockoff Pikachu plush for 20 oh, bucks. Even better at Worlds, the designated trading area, and then up against the wall, there's all these people with these huge binders, and they're like, yeah, we can trade. Uh, just put $25 in this <laughs> thing and hand it over to me, and you can have the card. Some trade friend. Who uh, it, it, it did it did though overall the worlds did feel it felt like they're trying they already have the competitive people there especially obviously if you got your your invite um but I it, it definitely this year felt that like they were trying to have other things for people who like parents or 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 siblings that you know are going because. A family member is competing or friends. The Pokemon Go thing completely helps with that to be like, okay, uh, Pokemon Go is here. Uh, Relicanth is, is the Pokemon that you can catch by doing uh, missions. And we're going to put Aerodactyl in a mission so you can possibly get a shiny Aerodactyl. Um, and I don't think it was like a coincidence that... The Sweet Coon raid was also that weekend. I think that was pretty intentional to like line that stuff up. Um, so that's like a big part. You know, last year they had the Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee demo. This year they had Sword and Shield. They also then added the Pokemon Masters demo. They've always had like the side events for the TCG. I think last year is when they rolled out like um, the retro corner where they had Pokemon Stadium and Stadium 2 and Snap. And it seemed like they brought more Nintendo 64s this year. They had photo opportunities. I mean, you could get pictures with Pikachu. They had still poke in there for whatever people are still playing that, I guess. They, it, 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 and then the scavenger hunt also adds to that Pokemon Go stuff. So it, they are, and they have photo, they had photo ops with Score Bunny and, and Chikruki and Sobble. For $10 for a weekend, they're really, I think hitting it out of the park when it comes to like a specific event where Pokemon fans can feel like they can spend a weekend with liked minded folks, which is awesome. I mean, you think of these other conventions like PAX or E3 or um, uh, C2E2 or Comic-Con where, where you're spending, how much is a PAX ticket now? It's like, $240 for all three days. Is it really? Or something. It's like $60 a day, but it's like four days, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah. I mean, TwitchCon, I just bought that. That was a $200 ticket. Gen Con is what? Up to $140 for a ticket. Uh, yeah, yeah. C2E2, I think, was like $90 for three days. So, like, in the in the sense of, like, yeah, I like video games, and I'm I can go to a PAX. By the way, we'll be at PAX this weekend. Friday Say at 3 we, p.m. Like I'm going to be there. Friday at 3 p.m. PAX panel. Let's fight over the best Pokemon. Come see me and Greg. It'll also yeah, be streamed I, on Twitch. If you're going, hit hit me up before we get there. I, I got something to talk to you about. But Pokemon Worlds, last year, this year, the first year when they started charging passes, it's $10. You get two booster packs, and then you... You get and you get a whole weekend, and it's great. And and I will uh, there is not as much to do as a pax yeah. but also you can't do everything at a pax and i would even argue if you're waiting in line for like the, the new monster hunter demo you might be in line for two and three hours where like the most i ever waited to play sword and shield was maybe 30 minutes and i don't know uh, my mindset too is like 
Well, I'm in Seattle, and I'm never, I'm not normally in Seattle, so I want to go to PAX, but I also want to walk around Seattle. So it was a good compromise. I'm paying $10. I felt like I did everything I wanted to do at the World Championship. I watched the final matches. I didn't really watch the pre-matches. But then I also got to explore DC. And so if Pokemon keeps adding, and the Pokemon Center was bigger this year, and they had Detective Pikachu showings. They actually did a lot. Um, if Pokemon keeps adding one or two more things, like it is, I, I would easily recommend Pokemon worlds over a PAX at this point, just in, in pure cost, uh, in pure, if like Pokemon is your favorite game and you're going to PAX because you also, you like video games, like it's, it's hard for me to recommend that now compared to. A Worlds. That being said, Worlds is now going to be in London next year, so that it's not really a cheap trip anymore for Americans. <laughs> well, it is Worlds. It is Worlds. This is the first Worlds outside of North America. They've almost all all of them have been in the United States, with the exception of Canada. This is the first one outside of that. Um, I don't necessarily know if they would ever do Japan. Because the Japan World Cup is so big, I don't think they yeah. need to host Worlds in Japan. Um, but this the next 2020, it will be in London. So I don't know what a round trip costs from a lot. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it's a bajillion it's, dollars. So it it sucks to come away from telling people how great Nashville was because I had such a good time at Nashville last year. The year before that, it was at An- in Anaheim, California. And then this year it was in D.C. And the last two, this one and last year's, was so much fun and pretty inexpensive compared to other conventions that I was going. I, I, I was like, man, if it's in California or Texas or Florida, wherever, I'm going to tell everyone that listens to the show it's probably worth it. If you can only go to one convention, this is the one to go to. And then they announced London. Which is really great for our European listeners and uh, any uh, anybody else that you know travels a lot. But for <laughs> it's the tri- uh, it might be cheaper to go to a trip to PAX than it is to get a round trip airline to London. Yeah, plus hotel. Those London hotels are notoriously outrageously expensive. And it makes sense though because they're in the Galar region. So yeah, it totally yes. makes sense. We'll see. Uh, I would I would love to go, uh, but I'm just a podcaster and twitch streamer <laughs> so uh i'm just a humble podcaster i just make this in my basement <laughs> I, I just turn a microphone on and just start talking i just start talking and magic happens <laughs> it's real easy i'm sure we're forgetting something i just want to run through this pokemon go news real quick uh because this is the end of summer here pokemon goes over boo. pokemon goes over it's all done this is uh, August 21st. Thank you for an amazing summer, 2019. Over the past three years, we've not seen only Pokemon grow go, grow as a game, but our trainers grow as a community as well. Your passion is what inspired us to bring the experience of Pokemon Go Fest to even more trainers. Pokemon Go has always been a unique gaming experience, and we believe it's always been meant to be enjoyed on a, by all on a global scale. We're, thrived, we're thrilled to provide that experience to both Pokemon Go Fest attendees and trainers around the world with the global challenge. Trainers were able to catch a vast variety of Pokemon, seek out elusive shiny Pokemon, and 
I feel like Pokemon Go is like 99% shiny Pokemon now. Uh, tra- <laughs> trade with trainers from around the world. Take Go snapshots of Pokemon in diverse habitats. Friends were made, research was completed, and every trainer was able to take part in the global challenge that unlocked bonuses for all to enjoy. We believe Team Go Rocket saw the excitement and wanted to be a part of it too, which is why they showed up unannounced on several occasions. We wanted to make the summer of 2009 even better of summer than last year's, so naturally we thought, let's do more Pokemon Go Fest. We were thrilled to be able to bring three immersive experiences from regions around the world. It was a pleasure to bring you an experience to Chicago, Dortmund, and Yokohama. We'd like to especially thank our partners, the three destination cities who welcomed us, and everyone who was part in making this Herculean Herculean effort possible. Man, I have not heard somebody use that verb. (laughs) Adjective? Uh, It's an adjective. Adjective to describe something. And last but not least, trainers, thank you for making this year's summer of events amazing, an amazing celebration around the world. We appreciate you, your dedication, and your commitment to exploring the world around your you with Pokemon Go. Don't worry, trainers. The summer may be over, but there's still more experience in Go. We are pleased to re- uh, announce the remaining community days for 2019. These are all going to be 11 to 2, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. local time. First one being October 12th, then November 16th, and then finally December 14th through the 15th, two days for the December one. In case you missed it, we've also revealed the details of what's in store for you each week with the ultra bonus that trainers unlock by completing the global challenge. You can read more in our latest blog post, which we'll get to. In continuing the efforts to make Neantic live events experience as a global and far-reaching as possible, we have more exciting plans in store for next year. Don't forget, Neantic Live 2020 is still ongoing. Think your city has the perfect park to host for a Neantic real-world event? Nominate your city by using the hashtag NeanticLive2020 on Twitter and Instagram, and be sure to involve your city and tourism board to bring, bring Niantic Live to your city. Now, keep in mind, Niantic has more than one game. <laughs> they have Ingress, Pokemon Go, and Harry Potter Wizards Unite. They have done, or are doing, a Harry Potter Wizards Unite in, in Indianapolis if they have not already done it. I want to say maybe it's this weekend, though. Um, anyways, from Community Days to Pokemon originally discovered in the Unova region... Arriving in Pokemon Go, there's plenty to look forward to for the rest of the year. We hope you enjoy the summer of events and can't wait to meet you next summer. Happy exploring. So we're nominating uh, Gold Medal Park, right? Absolutely. There you, I think well, it's actually, we would, we would nominate Theo Worth Park because it's much bigger. Okay, that one. So they announced two new Safari Zones, uh, one in Montreal. Again, Quebec. The, 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 when you if if you do decide to nominate your city or you do think your city is good, it doesn't necessarily mean a go fest. It could be in a safari zone, but I think that's good enough. I mean, they're just all these events are pretty much like glorified uh, community days. Um, not that that's bad. It's just you know don't feel like you're missing a lot if you aren't able to go to one of these. Uh, but from September 20th through September 22nd is the Quebec one, and then they just announced another new one in Taipei. Another safari zone. And just if you care about regionals, it looks like the Quebec one will have Tropius, 
uh, which is normally in Africa, and looks like this one in Taipei will have Heracross, which is normally in Brazil. Um, but the Taipei one will be in the new Taipei Metropolitan Park from October 3rd through the 6th. Uh, trainers will be able to find Scyther, Combi, and many water bug type bug and grass Pokemon from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. in the park. As well as more than 60, 60 tourist attractions across New Taipei City. No tickets are necessary for this event in Taipei. Um, so as long as you're there, you're more than welcome to participate and join in. The Canada one is ticketed, so you do have to uh, apply for that. And then finally, the Ultra Bonus has been a lot unlocked, so we're going to go through that real quick. Week 1, which will start on September 2nd, is called Johto Journey. Trainers will have a chance to enjoy working on their Johto decks while exploring and raiding. Put your walking shoes on as Pokemon never seen in eggs it, before in eggs will hatch during that time. Spoiler, those Pokemon have never been seen in eggs ever because unknown doesn't can't they can't breed. But they're going to be This is just a breakdown of everything that's right. If you're extraordinarily lucky, you may be able to hatch unknown forms U L T R and A from 10k eggs if if you don't get the reference it spells ultra. Raikou Entei and Suicune will return to raids along with other Johto Pokemon. And if you're lucky, you may encounter a shiny Sentrant and a shiny Gligar. Again, this is from September 2nd through September 9th. Your incubators will be twice as effective. What I would recommend is uh, try not to hatch any eggs this week. Try to only keep 2k eggs, then hatch them very quickly. Then get your 10k eggs, then put them into incubators. Ideally, if you're trying to get these letters. Uh, week two of the global challenge, Pokemon across the globe will join in in celebration with special uh, with a special appearance by a mythical Pokemon to be a challenge in raids. That's September 9th um, until September 16th. Regional Pokemon such as Farfetch, Kangaskhan, Mr. Mime, and Tauros will hatch from 7k eggs. This is the second time they've done this. Of course, because it's the second time... Classic Niantic will turn these shiny. Uh, they will remain available yeah. in eggs until the end of week three, September 23rd. Deoxys will make their appearance outside of EX raids. And that is the DNA Pokemon, which means that uh, Darkrai maybe is next Darkrai. for EX raids. Uh, they could do Regigigas, uh, I guess. That's not a mythical, but it is... Uh, Daddy Reggie, uh, but maybe I'm assuming maybe Darkrai is next, especially with uh, October, end of September, early October. Maybe Darkrai. Uh, incubators will also be twice as effective this week. Uh, and then week number three is Unova. Unfortunately, they're doing a slow rollout again, which is frustrating, but whatever. Your research paid off. Professor Willow has informed us that Pokemon originally discovered in the Unova region will be appearing in Pokemon Go from September 16th through September 23rd. Mewtwo, with the special move Psy Strike, will be a challenge. Will, you will be able to challenge in raids. If you're lucky, you will be able to encounter a shiny Mewtwo. Need a good team to take on Mewtwo. Oh, we'll skip that. The Gear Pokemon Clink, originally discovered in the Unova region, will also appear in raids. Uh, just like they did with Shinx, Clink will be shiny. 
You also be able to I'm encounter out. shiny Patrat and shiny Lillipup. Um, I'm assuming the wild. I whatever. It's fine. I said my piece. I think releasing three starters, one in a raid, and then Patrat and Lillipup is not that exciting for me yeah, to go out that. and explore. Um, but the Lillipup's really cute. Yeah. That's fine. You just pin app it, catch like however many whatever six times 20 18 what you're just say, are you, is this a numbers <laughs> radio station now where you just call out numbers <laughs> 72 <laughs> 56 well what 38 patrat is probably what 25 50 candy if they're only spawning, like, you're going to be able to evolve these in a day. See, if this is the... the problem. You think about this stuff way too hard. It well, just sucks the fun out of the You know what would be fun? Experience. Actually going out and seeing a bunch of new Pokemon, not, like, six. Well, because you're a game gobbler. Just take <laughs> your time and relax, and those six new Pokemon could take you a month. <laughs> That's what I want to be doing. <laughs> One Patrat a day keeps Look, the... What, what, what do you got to do with your life? Catch shiny things? Catch yeah. alternate colored Pokemon? You gotta chill, dude. Jirachi has been awoken. We're excited to announce Jirachi is now available for all trainers and special research. Um, the Wishbringer? After a thousand year slumber. Yeah. It's the Wishmaker. Wishbringer. Wishbringer, Wishmaker. Wishmaker. Can we go back to the unknown real quick? Yeah. It's fine. Cool. They're in eggs. Unknown can't breed. That's a little weird. That's fine, oh though. Oh, my God. Whatever. <sighs> One, there was no unknowns at Worlds. True. Which, which was weird. Uh, they had them last year. It spelled Nashville. They had them the year before that, and it spelled Let's Go. I don't know. Did, I don't know if they had them at PAX this year, but last year they had them at PAX. It's spelled PAX. I don't remember. I mean, Niantic was obviously involved in Worlds. <laughs> well, they had that scavenger hunt. They, well, they had the Well, they had Relicanth. They had the Aerodactyl. You could only get those by spinning that stuff. So it's not like Niantic wasn't involved. Um, they also have to listen to the Pokemon Company. So if the Pokemon Company was like, "Hey, we want unknown." And maybe they didn't, then that's fine. It's just uh, I don't want to come. I don't want to come off from the perspective of like I don't want unknown in eggs because it means anyone can get unknown. I don't. I'm not coming from that perspective, although it might sound like it. I like the idea that unknown is a pretty useless Pokemon. Uh, when most people play through their first gold and silver, they caught maybe one or two because they the internet didn't really exist. And they were like, these look cool. And then you realize that it doesn't evolve. You realize that uh, it only gets one move. And you realize that unknown is complete and utter garbage. And there's two types of players. Players that catch one unknown to complete their Pokedex. And players that collect the entire alphabet. And you could probably argue the same for Pokemon Go. There are players that want just one unknown to complete their Pokedex. And there are players that want to try to collect the entire alphabet because they like to collect things. I'm in the sense of I want a, the entire alphabet because I think that's fun. But to like put unknown at specific locations was really cool. Because when you were at 
the Nashville World Tournament or when you're at PAX, and even though I already had some of the letters, I was like, well, I want to collect the PAX so I can spell it here, or I want to collect Nashville, even though I have some of the letters from the Chicago Go Fest that spelled Chicago. Like, there is something very cool about that, and now that trading is a thing, it's not, like, unknown or, you know, quote-unquote worth anything. Uh, I don't think anyone has ever asked me for an un- unknown besides Hannah. Um, and she traded me a Tropius, so thank you very much. But, like, most people want shinies or they want regionals, and and that's fine. I'm sure there are some people that want specific letters because they're missing letters. But to put them in eggs just kind of seems like, I guess, the the uh, this is an event. But it also, so, like, I I understand, like, PAX is an event and you can get PAX. Pokemon Worlds in Nashville is an event and you get Nashville's. I guess this is an event because you completed the Ultra bonus and you can get Ultra. But to put them in 10k eggs is, ugh. And, and give you, like, a week to be like, well, you might get the U, you might get the, like, I'm going to hatch, like, 17 a's and never the other letters like it's it, it, it's kind of frustrating from that perspective of like it just seems very money grabby and i hate when the antic events come off I, I totally get it they they're designed to make money but i don't feel like this is a good reward like hey you can hatch this ultimately useless pokemon if and if you want all the letters because you're a collector you better pony up because you only got a week to hatch 10k like a bunch of 10k eggs that might also have other Pokemon. I don't know if they're just going to be unknowns or if sometimes they're going to hatch Slackoffs or sometimes they're going to hatch Shinxes or sometimes they're going to hatch Feebas. But even if eggs are half as effective, like walking 5k's, walking 5k to hatch one egg if you decide to go the free to play route is still a lot of time to hatch a letter. Where these letters used to be pretty, um, pretty easy to find in an event situation. I think this is only a you problem. Most people will like hatch one unknown and be like, "Hey, I got an unknown. <laughs> Move on." Yeah, I mean, there's both, and since it says unknown may hatch from 10k eggs, they are going to hatch other things from those 10k eggs. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, so you would might you hatch. be? Would you be happier if it was in twos? Just uh, no, make well no, just make them spawn at that point. Nope, egg it up. <laughs> like anytime egg they hide uh, anything uh, in uh, eggs, uh. it's just ugh. It's just like we want you to buy incubators. Yeah, I mean they have to make money <laughs> somehow. Please, if they're not making a million dollars a day, they're going to go out of business. They're going to go out of business. That's true. It's a, and it's, over... a, it's the same process too with 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 raid Pokemon, right? They get you all excited for a new raid, you do it, and you know or... th- there are some people who they'll do it for you know one for the decks, which is usually me, and then there are some people that will want to get like a hundo percent. I need to get a perfect cling. Yeah, so you can tap no. one less clink, and then there are, then. Niantic will do the thing where three months later they'll release the shiny version so they can sell. I mean, they case in point with Rayquaza. I mean, it's all going to end up in special research and you still only get five Latias in a row, so. What yeah, are you that's gonna true. Do? Are we thinking that we're done with Farfetch, Kangaskhan, Mr. Mime, and Tauros as regional Pokemon? Do you think after yes. this they just. They're just everywhere yes. now? Starting now, I they're going to just be done. in eggs. I think they're going to. That's. They'll just be in eggs. They're not going to spawn. You're, How could Kangaskhan hatch from an egg? Look, it, it did before. No it can do it again. None of this makes sense. 
No, None it's of true. This makes sense. I mean, a, a clam it evolves. Hatches with a child. Clam evolves into a fish with a bra. I mean, you get rid of uh, you. You get rid of Taurus. You put Bouffant, right? You get rid of Mr. Yeah. Mime. You give him what Audino. You get rid of Kangaskhan. You give him a Mulga. You get rid of Farfetch, and you give it. I don't. I don't even know. Oh. Shellos Pink. Ah, <laughs> uh, if if the, pro- what, if, what, the if Joltek the- is region locked, I am going to be a very angry person. No, they usually. Well, besides, I guess Shellos. Oh, they have that. They have to do something about Darmanitan too. Oh, we have Maractus. Maractus actually Bro. might be Australia. They got cactuses down there, don't they? What do you mean they have to do something about Darmanitan? Well, it's two forms, so they're probably going to do the Sheninja thing, where Darmanitan will be ex- part of field research because. Wait, do you mean that psychic thing that happens when it's Zen mode? Gets too yeah. Low? Zen oh mode. heck no! They're just gonna forget about that. <laughs> That's not going to be nothing in Pokemon Go. Trust. So I will no, put my there's going to be on... catchable Zen modes, just like there's catchable clothes to Ruby Sig- or Cherim. Sigilyph. Uh, you know Zeru and Zoroark are going to be real weird. They're going to be treated like 10Ks easily um, because it's Zeru and Zoroark, and they got to push them to the moon. Zoroark, Zoroark is going to be a photobomb where it's going to be where you think you've been photobombed by Smeargle, and when you catch it, it transforms. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, Emolga. Uh, they like uh, they better. They better respect Deerling. Give me Winter Deerling. Take Winter nope. Deerling away. Give me Spring nope. Deerling. Not going to happen. Seasons don't exist anymore. Yeah, real world seasons are a myth. Uh, Emolga. Uh, they got to do something about Carablast's Cavalier and the... Other one, uh, El Salgord and Shelmet. I don't. Uh, will they actually give us trade evolutions for once? Who knows? Probably not. Alola Mola is a garbage Pokemon. It'll probably only exist in Hawaii or something now, like that. You know that like Escavaliers require the metal coat. No, there's the Unova Stone was found in the code. Oh. Ah, boo! That's so no, boring. That's fine. Give me my no, because then you need, shiny, you need shiny stone for Mancino. You need uh. Leaf, water, and grass stones for the Garbo monkeys. Oh, uh, yeah! Give me those, all my stones. No, I don't want any stones. Give me the. I want all the no stones. stones. Give me more. Give stones. me Unova want, stone. That's fine. I want storm stones. I want Stunfisk will probably be stones. Japan only. Why? I don't know. <laughs> they like fish over there. <laughs> uh, Cryogonagul. When are we gonna get Basculin? Bufalant. Uh, ooh, Basculin, EC Basculin, West C Basculin. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, there's plenty of Pokemon that don't evolve. All right, there's your Pokemon Go stuff. That's it. That's our episode. Uh, nope. God did Pokemon of the week. Well, I, will get I was it done transitioning to it. You said that's it. That's it. See, now that's, that's it for news. Pokemon of the week time. All right. This is going to go real fast. Last week's Pokemon, or I mean, the last two weeks since it was one Pokemon. It's two feet, it's 20 feet. It's nine kilograms, it's 490 kilograms. Uh, it uh, is the same type as Dawnwing's Necrozma. It's the same type as Inke and Malamar. Uh, its signature move is Hyperspace Hole. Its signature move is Hyperspace Fury. Who's that Pokemon? It's... Cosmog. <laughs> Wow. It's Hoopa! Oh, come. You're not even trying. <laughs> if 
fine. It's Hoopa. Do you have a trivia Ooh. about Hoopa? Yeah, it's bad. All right. <gasps> Miss Delaney just launched the nuclear codes. Um, <laughs> what? How can you say it's bad? Hoopa is awesome. It's like really cool that it has the two forms, that the one forms out for three days, blah, blah, blah. All right. This week's Pokemon. Very fast. Ten statements from this week's Pokemon. I am like gorgeous, but I am not Gorgeist. There was a time when I lived within a shell. I no longer do, although I have kept my shell with me. I could have been someone else, but I was holding a deep sea scale. My Japanese name translates to Cherry Blossom of the Depths. I first appeared in Hoenn. The water is my home. I am similar to a vampire. I receive sustenance from the bodily fluids of my prey. It is said that my most vivid appearance is in Alola. Honestly, I do not believe anyone noticed. In Omega Alpha Adventure 4, my brother assisted Amber in several battles. My Pokedex number is the square of 19.18332609325 While Will would not eat the real-world equivalent of my pre-evolution raw, as many people do, he will eat them fried. And you will? Yeah. A okay. bonus clue? This week's Pokemon has been referenced at least once previously in this week's episode. <laughs> at least once. There you go. Take us out, Steve. Uh, some trivia here real quick about Hoopa. <sighs> <laughs> Hoopa is in the, jar. <laughs> the only Pokemon to have more than one category, which is a fun and interesting thing about it. It is known as the Mischief Pokemon, but when it changes forms, it becomes the Jin Pokemon. Mischief. That's how you say it, right? The mischief. Jin. Yeah. 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 Like, like Genie. Uh, Hoopa is the only Generation 6 Pokemon to have different Pokedex entries between X and Y and Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire. Hoopa is unbound, is the only Pokemon with a base stat total of 680. That is not a legendary Pokemon. It's shiny as gold, but it's never been released. Not, shiny locked. Not even in Japan. Well, that's our episode. Hopefully we covered Ooh. everything. I'm sure we forgot some stuff. We ran through some stuff a little bit quicker. But Worlds was good. It was fun. Greg and I will be at PAX this weekend. Yeah. Our panel will be on the 30th at 3 p.m. Let's fight over the best Pokemon. If you're going to PAX, it'll say what the... I actually don't know off the top of my head what theater it is. It will be streamed, from my understanding, unless they change something, because who knows, you can't control the machine that is PAX. It should be a streamed on Twitch on one of the PAX channels. I'm not sure yet. I don't think I'll know until that morning which channel it will be streamed on. I will post that in Slack and Discord and on Twitter. Um, for those that want to watch that live, it, it's an hour panel from 3 to 4. And uh, I'm sure a lot of people will be upset by the list because no one's ever satisfied in Pokemon. Everyone nope. likes something except uh, Cascoon and uh, Silcoon. No one likes those Pokemon. Nobody likes them. They're off the list. <sighs> Never on the list. <laughs> well, I'm, I, oh. If you're at Excuse PAX me. and you want to say hi, you want to hang out, 
Uh, feel free to tweet at myself or Greg. I'm at Dragging a Lake. Yeah. Greg is at White Wing. Will will not be there, but is at Washing the Sink. You can also tweet at Pokemon Podcast. Don't be shy. If you uh, if you want an unknown <laughs> or a Torkoal or a Heracross or a Corsola or a Relicanth uh, in Pokemon Go, feel free to ask. I got them. I they're worth nothing to me. <laughs> Also, if you see us, like, don't be afraid to say hi, because there's a lot of people, and it gets overwhelming when you're in those things, so don't be afraid to be like, I don't want to bother them, like, just come up and say hi, it's fine. Yeah, uh, I I always stay after the panel to talk to everyone, so if you want to say hi after oh, I'm the panel, out of there. Oh, I'm, <laughs> if you want to say hi after <laughs> the panel and stuff, I'll, I'll stick around until everyone is talked to, um, but yeah, come out, say hi. Uh, and then, uh, and then, uh, I don't know what we're going to do when Greg or I are gone. I might have to put Will in charge of the podcast. <gasps> oh dear. Nah, this is going to be a good time. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. <laughs> so, uh, I think Will will be in charge for, uh, the next episode. So, uh, good, good luck with that, I guess. <laughs> Bobby, let's start planning now. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll be back next week, of course. Uh, again, if you're at PAX, come say hi. I would love to say hi and see y'all. Um, but yeah, uh, this has been another episode. Oh, sorry. Uh, if you haven't already, please, uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Apple Podcasts and, um, has like changed their app. So, uh, there's new categories now. So instead of like games and hobbies, the category is called leisure. Uh, so Apple's changing some stuff with podcasts for good. These are good changes, actually. It's very great that Apple, um, which is the dominant podcast player for a lot of people. I think 65% of our audience uses either Apple podcasts or iTunes. They are classified as different things. Um, uh, if you haven't, please leave us a review, but that's been, that's been great. We're, we also have a subreddit that I forgot to, uh, mention last week. We're almost at 900 people on our subreddit. So Reddit dot com slash r slash super effective you don't have to worry about people complaining about the national decks there uh, but everyone on that subreddit is really nice so if you if you're a common browser of reddit and you live off it uh feel free to uh, join that community uh and um i think that's it i think that's it uh that's all we got we will see you guys next week this has been another episode of the pokemon podcast and we are Super effective. Super slow play. Like every podcast on the internet, we are funded by Patreon. This is a shout out to all the supporters at the producer tier on Patreon. A huge thank you to Alex, Anthony, Catherine, Matthew, Jeffrey, Kevin, and Cygnus. If you would like to join our community and support the podcast, you can head over to isc.cash for more information.